0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of
1: the prior Podcast, we have a very special guest. We have the Detroit Lions fullback, Jason Kambenda Stops by to talk about his time with Detroit on episode 165 of the Pride Podcast. Blue Liar. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! turns, gives to
2: Eckler, he tries
0: to go
2: up and up, oh! yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 165 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler I'm joined by my main guy as always malcolm my man malcolm how are you doing today
1: Woo, man i'm doing great man it's another it's another day to podcast just chilling man what's up man
2: We got a very unique episode. This isn't just us. Uh, Pierre will not be joining us this episode, but we got someone to replace Pierre this episode. So maybe we did fire him, but we do have a very good replacement. (laughs) Uh, This is a current Detroit Lions, Jason Kavinda. Jason, how you doing, my (laughs) man? Yo, yo, man.
3: What's going on, man? appreciate you guys uh, taking the time having me on here.
2: All right, Jason, man, we're glad to have you on. This is one of Malcolm's biggest fans. We were telling we were telling him right before the show. We yep. were telling him how much Malcolm loves him, and he always mentions him like every game in our post game. If we like have a tough loss and like we don't get the running game going, Malcolm, where the fuck is Jason Kabinda, man? We need yeah, the yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> right, yo. Know, every time Jason Kabinda, like
1: it was after the first game because the first game, you know, they they moved you to the fullback, and then you know, I got a chance to see you play fullback. So I was like, all right, let's see what J.C. Kabinda can do. Yeah. And look, yo, literally, like every time AP got the ball and you was the fullback, you was, you know, leading the block, he yeah. was, getting 10 carry, you was getting at least 10 yards per carry. I was like, yo. <laughs> uh, we, uh,
3: we were really eating at the beginning of the year, first like eight, nine games. Right. Uh, kind of went on a stretch where the next games after that, we, we were kind of falling early in the game. So we were kind of bending in the run game a little bit, but. When we when we were staying on track in terms of the game, man, we we was rocking in that eye formation. We was getting things done. Yeah,
1: man, I loved it. You know, I'm I'm really big on the running game, so I I loved it. It was like <laughs> I, it was amazing to me. It was great. Um, just real quick, really quick question before you know we jump into the the other questions. Was this your first time playing fullback? Or
3: yeah, yeah, first time playing fullback. I mean, I played last year as like an emergency kind of type of deal not like for real for real uh, yeah
2: i remember that week 17
3: yeah like halfway through training camp kind of made the switch thinking you know what's best for the team you know it's what we feel like we're gonna <clears throat> get you on the field most of that. and i was just like look you know whatever the team is you know whatever i can do to to help the team i'm i'm down for it so
2: yeah and that's i think it's a good I think that's a good follow-up to my next question, and that is, obviously, you played at Penn State. You played in the Big Ten. You were on the defense side of the ball. You played linebacker. So, now you're comparing... You were drafted as a linebacker, obviously, with the Raiders, and then, you know, you were signed by the Lions practice squad um, after they released you. You know, how was your... You know, how would you compare your time at Penn State to your experience so far in the NFL in your young career?
3: Uh, Definitely a lot different, you know. High school and college, bro, like... I mean, college obviously you get a scholarship. You know, you're on the team. You know, high school obviously same same kind of deal. But you know, the league is a lot different. You know, when you put money into the thing and it's and it's a business. And all it's really, you know, what are you doing for the team? You know, if there's nothing you're doing for the team if you're not producing, if you're not doing anything. Like you're not going to be there. Um, and you know, some guys realize that early in their careers. Some guys don't realize it till later. But I, I realized that pretty early. Um, so the, the league is just it's no joke. It's a, what have you done for me lately type of league. And that's, that's just the truth. Um, it's a production based league. And, and when you get out there, you got to make plays. That's just, <laughs> that's just how it goes, man.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's,
1: yeah. As simple as that. So Jason, I mean, we all know you as the linebacker, we know you as a fullback, but what is something we don't know about you?
3: Um, probably just the fact that, you know, my whole family's, you know, from Cameroon, you know, my mom, parents, sisters, you know, they're all born and grew up in Cameroon, you know, mom pregnant with me on the way here, uh, you know, I speak a good amount of French, you know, because my family is Cameroonian, um, which is pretty cool, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the culture I grew up in, really, uh, really until I started playing sports seriously in, like, seventh, eighth grade, really up until then, like, I really just hung out with fellow Cameroonians, you know, fellow Africans that, you know, my mom and my parents kind of knew that were here in the States. Uh, so I just have a very, very different understanding of kind of values and, and things when it comes to, like, America, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, we actually, uh, at least I know, I, I don't know your mom personally, but I know your mom. And that's, I've never said it to any of our guests before, but from Hard Knocks, <laughs> your mom was actually one of the biggest, like, characters in that show. Uh, she's, like, a big supporter. I thought it was sick, man. I love that part of Hard Knocks.
3: I still have people today that'll like comment on my stuff and be like, "Man, we love your mom. We love your mom."
2: So <laughs> I, I thought I would never be able to say it to like one of my guests. I'm like, I know your mom. Like, I don't know her personally, but I know your mom.
3: <laughs> a, a great overall human being. My mom's a, a freaking saint. <laughs>
2: That's, That's awesome, man. Awesome. So, obviously, we were talking about it from the start of the show. You made that huge transition to fullback this year. So, like, if you had to, uh, you know, get more into that, how was that transition? Like, you know, you said this was more of a business game, and you know the the game. You know, what could you do for the team? But, like, what were your first initial thoughts when you were told by the coaching staff, hey, Jason, you're not a fullback anymore, you're not moving to fullback. Or you're not a linebacker anymore, you're not moving to fullback.
3: Right. Um, you know, I was definitely – You know, I was definitely a little anxious. I was a little nervous, you know, I'm not going to lie.
2: I mean, to switch positions
3: uh, in the NFL, let alone switch sides of the ball and to have success, you know, something I was nervous about. But as I continued to practice, you know, I I probably – and the fact that, you know, I switched late. I probably switched, like, halfway through training camp. But, you know, once once I started to feel more comfortable, man, like, and I really just embraced it, like, things were going well and I was playing well. Um, you know, I was able to play physical. I mean, from week one to week 16, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I look like a different player, you know, and just in terms of being comfortable and just being out there and playing and not thinking about anything, you know. So um, I think this first year playing fullback under my belt was definitely huge for me. I think I definitely showed, you know, that I could be a great
2: fullback in this league. Did they uh, ever compare you to Nick Ballore because he kind of had the same thing? You know, he was a <laughs> linebacker and then I, he moved to fullback. <laughs>
3: Heard it a bunch of times, especially from the players. You know, uh, you know. Like obviously, Nick was kind of recently on the line, so I, I definitely heard it a ton.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is that like the plan? Like, is that is this going to be a position going forward now? Like, are you gonna full, you're going to be you're going to be a fullback going forward. This is going to be you for the rest of your career, or wherever, uh, wherever yeah. the team needs you.
3: I guess that's not you know really for me to say. Um, I just know that I'm ready to help whatever team when you know, with whatever they need. You know, that's what I need. That's what I know. Um, you know, I'm a guy who can who's just a good ass football player. You know, I'm yep. a versatile guy. Wherever you need me, I can do it. You need me to play middle linebacker, be a run stopper, I can do it. You need me to play fullback and open holes for whoever, I can do it. You know, and that's kinda how that's how, how I look at it. You know, you need me to go be a, a core special teams guy, run down on kickoff and make plays, I can do that. So um at this point, man, I'm just I'm just loving the fact that I'm still playing a game that I love and the game that I've been playing since I was in what fifth, sixth grade. Um, so I'm just, I'm blessed. You know, I'm
1: blessed. I was just about to say that, man. You are blessed, man. That, did you,
2: did you ever like take it as a kind of like an insult by like the team saying like we don't want you playing linebacker anymore, we want you to move to a fullback, or is this like I'm just ready to play?
3: Um, no. I mean, it was definitely a position of need, you know, Nick. Um, you know, Nick Bowden was also hurt know so and we were unsure, you know, whether he was going to be able to play this season. You know, with his deal, um so it, it was it was a mixture of both. You know, it was a mixture of the fact that like, hey, we feel like you're going to get more playing time if you play here, and two, like, hey, we, we need a guy here. You know, we need a guy to be a dog, to be physical and shit, and fuck some people up. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick commercial break, and when we get back.
0: Just go to Indeed.com/slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com/slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're gonna have more of the Jason Kabinda interview. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you receive a personal art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discords, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of all of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you get all this for $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting website would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an opening door to leveling up your sports experience. this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, we are back. You <laughs> got to be a fullback for Adrian Peterson, um, one of the best running backs, you know, to ever play the game. One of his biggest strengths is, you know, running out of eye formation, having a fullback in front of him with the lead block. How nervous were you when you found out the Lions signed Adrian Peterson and you're going to be blocking for this guy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I, I don't think nervous would be the word. Honestly, I was just I was excited, man. I was excited, mean, I grew up. I mean, we all did. Man, we grew up watching AP tear this league up, you know. Yeah. So to know that yeah. AP was about to come here, to know that I was about to be blocking for him when in the beginning of the season I'm like going in with goals to start at linebacker and all these things and all of a sudden now I'm about to be open holes for AP. I mean – there's a huge blessing, uh, but it, it was definitely surreal, you know, at first meeting him and knowing that, like, damn, like, this is really somebody I grew up on, you know, and like, and another and another just moment of like, damn, I'm in the NFL for real, you know, so um, it, it was really, really dope. You know, when we signed in the stuff and getting to know Adrian and, and becoming really cool with him and become as tight with him as I have, um, you know, Adrian's been a great friend, a great mentor to me. Um, so I really appreciate him.
2: Was it, was it like a carry on Johnson moment? Because the first thing he said was, "I need to get a picture with AP when he, when he comes in the building." <laughs> no, you I, gotta I, have I
3: that, that. I was like, bro, like AP is really about to be in this bitch. Like, let's go. You know, like, I was, I was hyped. I was hyped. <laughs> wow. Like, <hey. laughs>
2: so I already mentioned how you were on Hard Knocks in twenty nineteen. So. I mean, from the West Coast to the Midwest, how would you compare your time with Coach Gruden in Oakland at the time um, to your time with Coach Patricia here, you know, in essentially almost two years, a year and a half, I could say, I guess?
3: Yeah. um, I mean, they're definitely definitely two different uh, in in terms of, like, coaching styles, like how they all with with their players and stuff like that. But, you know, I would say they're both, you know, football-crazed guys. I mean, they're both the kind of guys that are just, like, they would probably sleep in the building watching film if they could, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's really passionate guys. You know, Matty P and, and Coach Gruden were definitely, definitely a lot different. I would say, you know, Coach Gruden's probably more your your player's coach. I think guys were, like, a lot more comfortable with him and stuff like that. You know, um, You know, Matty P's a really good guy. You know, I think he advanced so many conversations, you know, about social justice and stuff like that. And I think that was received really, really well um, in our locker room, you know, when he did stuff like that. Um, But, you know, I, I would definitely say he definitely embraced kind of that Patriot way and, you know, the, that way of doing things, you know, tons of conditioning and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, we were definitely the most in shape team, you know, without a doubt, Um, um you know, that kind of stuff. But they're definitely, definitely, definitely different coaches for sure.
2: I actually kind of want to go back to that. You mentioned the social injustice thing that happened in the offseason and you guys were one of the first teams in, like, not just the NFL, but all the sports to, like, kind of take a stand of what was kind of happening around the world. You guys did it right after, I believe, the Jacob Blake situation. So, um, you know, right after that situation, I wasn't personally at the building in Allen Park, but, like, what was the vibe there? What was the feel there? How significant was that day for you and the guys in the locker room? And, like, how close do you think you guys got together after that day? Oh,
3: really, really significant. Um, I mean, you could you could just tell – as guys were walking in, just like the funk that was in the air, you know, when we heard about the Jacob Blake uh, uh, shooting and everybody had seen the video, you know, and, and you know, it was nice that Maddie P really took the time and, you know, like, and really just said, you know what, let's get together. Let's talk about this because I know this thing is heavy on you guys and I want to give you guys a floor, you know, to discuss. And then that really just ended up turning into this like hour and a half conversation of guys opening up about experience that they had you know racial justice you know any some racist things that happened to them you know how they felt about you know cops you know just a lot of different things and a lot of feedback that i think a lot of people in the building needed to hear you know because it's easy when you don't go through those kinds of things but as a team when we're we're as close as each other we're brothers you know and you hear that your brother is going through this this deal you know it's hard not to feel for him it's hard not to want to be that change and i think since that day i i think a a lot of guys really really understood where a lot of the other guys were coming from and i think that was really really huge especially the coaches as well obviously um and that was huge and i think really just after that i think we had like a small hiatus after that conversation and kind of the guys we all went into locker room and i went and grabbed the dude and i was like you know everything that's going on right now you know like we should. We need to do some, you know, like now that we had this buzz, you know, the media obviously had known that I think by this time we were, at, we were like already supposed to have gone to practice. And obviously we, we weren't like out there yet and stuff. So the media was kind of like waiting. They kind of knew like something was going on. So we kind of like we're discussing this hour, like we should write a message, you know, we should take, it, take advantage of this moment right now while we have it, you know. And we just didn't feel like it would be right for us to sit here for an hour and a half and be like, well, the world can't just go on and then we just go on with our business and go have practice and go have me. You know what I mean? Like, so for us, we just felt like, hey, like, let's take a stand. You know, we we're not going to practice today. You know, we went on the board. You know, we wrote a message. Um, I think it was just like. Uh, I'm forgetting exactly the wording mess. I do mess that up. But like we had wrote a little, you know, a little message and I kind of went outside, went to the front door and posted and kind of just stood in silence. Um, I thought that was very, very powerful. And and after we did that, obviously, a ton of other teams kind of followed suit. And I think to be the spark um, in the sports world to like, hey, we're going to take a stand and and this is not okay. um, It was huge. I mean, the guys, we were definitely a lot closer. It, It was definitely a lot more of a family feel after that day, without a doubt.
2: Was that one of the most significant days in your young career, like ever? Yeah,
3: no, no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I remember like it was like the very next day and it was like the Milwaukee Bucks cancel practice, Miami, Heat you know, it was just like, damn, like we really, you know, we really started something, you know, and I think yeah. to really see how much impact you can have, you know, by standing by your values and standing for what's right. I mean, it was, it was huge. It was very, uh, it was very empowering for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys were the spark of it. I mean, even NBA teams are canceling. They they, they, they walked off the game.
3: Yeah. Right. It was yeah. nuts. It was nuts. No doubt. It was, it was a really really cool deal.
1: Well, just moving on back to to football related, really, the Lions took a significant step in special teams this year. Why do you think the unit took a big step so quickly?
3: Um, I think you got to give a lot of credit to uh you know Braden Coombs. Um, you know Braden was was a really good coach for us, man. He coaches hard. He coaches well. Um, and I think he just really did a good job of getting everybody to buy into how important special teams is and how much that we can impact the game, you know, and then obviously having guys like, you know, Ag, you know, Germ, Jalen Reese, Maven, have guys like um, Killerbrew, you know, we we got some dogs, man, on our special teams, bro, and I think we just really believed in ourselves and really came to every single game being like, you know what, we want to we wanna be the ones to have a positive impact in this game to get us over the hump, and I think, uh, you know, we really did that. You know, Jack, I mean – Jack, you guys know, I mean, Jack punted his ass off all year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we actually I mean, had him.
3: Really had never somebody just play so consistently unreal. I mean, if he, I, I know people look at punting, and I don't think it's that big of a deal, man. Like, that is a
2: huge deal. Not a huge deal. Yeah.
3: Huge, huge deal. And, I mean, the guy in the first, like, 10 games was averaging, like, 50 yards of net punt. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, you know, obviously, big congrats to him, you know. Uh, being a Pro Bowl guy this year and
2: that was really well deserved. But
3: you know, we just had the right mindset, we had the right mindset.
2: Do you think uh, that's yeah. a, a credit to Braden, or was there like a something before why you like it, was it Braden that kind of got the best out of you guys? You think?
3: Yeah, I, I really do believe that. You know, Braden really got the best out of us, and just the way that Braden went about his business, you know, guys just took it really seriously. And I think that's important. You know, getting guys to buy in, it's important.
1: That's yeah. awesome, man. I remember when we had Jack Fox. We didn't even really know much about him, but we had him on as a guest before. Right, it was right in the off season. We had him on as a guest. And it was right right when we were doing it he was in a punting battle with uh Sip, Aaron Sipos? Sipos. Aaron Sipos, Sipos. yeah. So we you know we were just wishing him the best and 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 look at him, he had a hell of a year, man. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Uh, how, how were those competitions because I, I mean obviously there wasn't fans allowed to be in Allen Park this year for you know the practice this year So all you you know all the people that were there are there just media people But everything from like what I heard like those punting contests in the training camp were intense It was like team USA versus team Australia <laughs> Bro, they were tight.
3: I mean, I remember I remember this one time one of the punting battles that they had I forget what it was They had like three punts each and like they had to hit a certain hang time and distance or whatever and we all got to bet. It, it was like a bet on conditioning. If Jack won, <laughs> you voted for Jack, and Jack won, then you don't have to run. If you vote, if you vote for Sippo's and he, he wins, you don't have to run, you know what I mean? And at that time, I'd actually, I'd voted for Sippo's, and Jack ended up winning, and we had to run, but I mean, Ooh. these guys were going at it neck to neck, day in and day out, and, and like, it was the type of thing where it's like, whoever we picked, we we weren't gonna go wrong, you know what yeah. I mean, type yeah. deal. That's how well they were both playing, so you know, Credit to Sipos as well, but, yeah. Yeah, man.
2: All right, so this is kind of going back to, you know, Coach Patricia. So, you know, once the Detroit Lions decided to part ways with Matt Patricia, and obviously, you know, you guys just straight up weren't winning games, and it was coming to trend, and after three years, Matt Patricia just wasn't getting the job done. Um, You know, you guys kind of had a little spark after he was relieved of duties. Um, I hate to say this, but those last two games under Matt Patricia were one of the more effortless games i like seen as a fan i can't speak from your perspective but like was there like less juice in those last two games like the carolina game the texans game because me watching from my couch which i can't relate because i'm not on the field with you guys but like it just didn't seem like there was a spark there it just seemed like you guys were just there sometimes and you guys were just like playing just to play you know it wasn't like you guys were having fun it almost seemed like to me i don't know that's me
3: i think it's more so that not necessarily than like an effort deal um you know, it's, it's hard. Um, it, it's hard to play a sport, you know, if you, if you play for a guy that for some people is kind of taking the fun out of it, you know? Like, well, I mean, we've been doing this all our lives. I mean, we've always had fun playing the game. I mean, I was always that kid who's rounding up all the kids in the neighborhood, like, yo, we about to go play 10 on 10 or 5 on 5 with yep. I was that kid knocking on everybody's doorbells, you know? And that's just, that's how I've always been. And I think... You know, for some guys, when you turn this thing into a job, which it shouldn't be, you know, like we are so blessed to be playing football at this high level to be paid the amount of money that we're paid to go out and just do what we've been doing all our lives. And I think when that turns into something where instead of walking into the building, like I can't freaking wait to get there and put in this work and it kind of turns into more of a job environment and turns more into like you know, something that guys are kind of dreading, I think that's when you see those kinds of things, you know, show up on the field. And I think that, that kind of explains um, that. And, you know, when Bev took over, <clears throat> you know, things were just a lot more loose. You know, guys were having fun. Guys were being themselves. And I think that's the thing about, you know, about playing at this, this high of a level is that, like, everything still has to be authentic. You know, the energy has to be authentic. You know, everything has to be authentic. And I think – um we were going downhill uh, from that standpoint and Bev really gave us the, the kick that we needed, you know, to kind of get back to being ourselves and going out and being loose and just, you know, like, let's go play, you know, let's go play ball. Cause it's what we do. Like we've been doing it, you know, ain't nothing to be nervous about and nothing to be uptight about. And I think that was probably the biggest thing is like, uh, you know, you, you can't play uptight and, and hoping not to make a mistake, and hoping not that you know what I mean. You, just, you can't play like that. You got to go out there, play confident, play because you know you're freaking good, and just go do the thing. So, uh, I think that's definitely the energy we received from Bev when he took when he took over.
2: So those like last two to three weeks before Patricia was relieved of duties, they just kind of felt like a job at that point more than you know playing football and having fun.
3: Yeah, I mean not for me, but I could definitely feel that vibe in a lot of them. Definitely feel that vibe among some guys um, because you know that whole patriot way thing and all that it's not always received that well for everybody you know not everybody's made for that type of
2: for that type of deal um so yeah yeah and i i I would assume for you obviously you know you guys build off each other so i mean especially with no fans and if your teammates are not into it, it's kind of hard for you to get into it. i I get it (laughs) (laughs) that's all for me man my Uh, god i
3: appreciate y'all having me on bro for real yeah i appreciate
2: jason man yeah it was an honor to talk to you, man. And, you know, we wish you nothing but luck going forward. And, you know, this team's got a lot of stuff going for them this offseason. Obviously, looking for a new head coach potentially, general manager. So a lot of stuff happening with this organization. So, you know, if you if you're still rolling with the organization, you know, hopefully we can talk maybe again. Um, you know, yeah. if not, best of luck wherever you end up going and just best of luck anywhere, you know, for life and just your NFL journey. So I appreciate you coming on again, man. And yeah, man, appreciate it.
3: Appreciate you boys.
2: All right, so all right, peace, Jason. All right, guys, that is a wrap to this episode of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed our interview with Jason Kumbinda, current Detroit Lions fullback. If you guys don't mind, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot if you guys could leave a five-star review because it gets out to everybody else, every other Lions fan, so they can listen to our podcast and see what we're all up to. So with that being said, I'm out, guys. Peace.
1: Alright, y'all, it's your boy Malcolm. And like like Tyler said, man, make sure to leave those reviews. I'm out. Peace.